Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. My name is Kendra, and I'm a part of the core community of CMYK. We're a bunch of people in Billings, Montana, creating space and community where belief and doubt move forward together. Before we jump in, I want you to know that everything we do as CMYK depends on the generous donations of our local and online community. People just like you, who are working with us to live a more beautiful way forward together. So if you love what CMYK is up to and you want to be part of the community on a financial level, we'd encourage you to contribute by going to cmykchurch.com. Through your donation, we are able to continue our work and give away more and more to those in need around us. You can easily give a one-time gift or choose to be a regular part of our creation through a monthly gift of any amount. To those who are already giving, thank you. With that, let's jump into this week's talk. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to this CMYK gathering. I hope you're doing really, really well. My name is Matt, if I don't know you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, This is something that, uh, as you probably know, for Easter, we decided to try and do a live YouTube broadcast uh, just to see how that went for doing something different. And we had a great time. I saw a great response from that. But then over this past week, we've just been asking people, hey, what do you think? Should we just kind of do our normal podcast? thing right now while we're all in quarantine, or should we do something more like this on a regular basis while we're in quarantine? And the results are in. Boop, 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 boop. Everybody. Uh, This was something that everybody said, not everybody, but most people said, hey, this would be a great thing to continue to do. So those of you that made your voice heard, thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. We are happy to be able to broadcast this thing live. And our hope behind this is not that uh, you just get to see my face, because that's not the reason why we're broadcasting broadcasting this at all, Uh, but our hope behind doing this live like this, rather than just a podcast, is that there would be an invitation for you to bring your voice to the conversation through the comments section on YouTube as you watch this live. So those of you that are out there, I see you. I see some of the comments that are coming through. We've already had a Tiger King conversation going on, it looks like, so way to go. Uh, But our hope is that throughout the midst or throughout this entire uh, talk and conversation that it really would be that, that you would be uh, free to leave some comments and have some sort of discussion, whether with me or other people in the chat. All that to say, thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, I'm so missing so many of you and can't wait to get back to just seeing you guys on a more regular basis. Ultimately, I am doing well. My family is doing well, and we are figuring it out what this whole thing looks like. And I hope uh, the same would be true for you that on some levels you are doing well and you're breathing deep and you're learning to sense and understand the beauty and the significance of what is here in this moment. Uh, Today, we're going to spend some time talking about what we started last weekend, and that's this concept of this thing that we call the new normal. Now, if you've kind of had your head up at all over the last couple of weeks, this has been a phrase that a lot of people are talking about the new normal and what are things going to look like on the other side of COVID-19. And last week, we decided to kind of structure our Easter gathering around this concept of resurrection and COVID-19 and how those two things just might mix. Because the reality is the story of Easter is a story of what we looked at last week. There's this moment in John where Mary shows up at the tomb to find Jesus body. This is what she's looking for. She's looking for what she's experienced and what has been before. But as we know, the story goes, as we talked about last week, Jesus is not there. In fact, something else is there. 
And Mary sees what's happening in the moment. And if you remember the story, she assumes that what she's, what she's seen and what she's experiencing is just a gardener. It's no big deal. It's lowest of the low. Don't even really work to interact with or have any sort of connection with this thing. But it's in the midst of that, in the midst of this conversation with this gardener, that the resurrection story goes that Mary realizes that it is Jesus. It is the thing that she was looking for. And she missed this new life and this resurrection that was taking place because she was looking for what was, not realizing what is. And so for us, we are having this conversation around what resurrection what new life on the other side of COVID-19 could look like. Because as we talked about last week, there's a reality that many of us are facing. We're facing it when it comes to our work habits. We're facing it when it comes to consuming and shopping, our relationships and friendships. The way we interact with kids has changed dramatically because there's no school. There's no parks really for us to just, you know, go let our kids run around and be crazy, especially on cold days. We're figuring that out in a unique way. Taking care of our neighbors looks differently than it ever has before. And being aware of those in need. We are figuring so much out. And the tendency, as we talked about last week, is for all of us to see what's happening and to just get frustrated with what's happening and to want to just go back like Mary in the tomb, go and experience what was before. Just get this thing back to what it used to be. But as we talked about last week, the potential, this whole series is about this idea that there is new life even here. And our tendency is to look at it and to label it as not that big of a deal, just a gardener. Why bother? We want the thing that used to be rather than potentially seeing what is or what could be the resurrection, the new life in the midst of it. <clears throat> and so for me, when we look at this idea of resurrection, work habits, obviously work looks differently than it ever has before in my entire life. But all of a sudden, there is this ability for me to spend time with my family and those around me. Like every night I'm at home, every night I'm having dinner with my family. Most lunches, I'm having lunch with my family. This is something incredibly rare and incredibly beautiful that's taking place. Consuming and shopping, yeah, it's out the window that I don't get to go where I want to go and do what I want to do at all times. But all of a sudden, because there's nothing on the schedule, because there's nothing on the calendar, there's an invitation to breathe deep and to just be and not to feel this pressure and this anxiety as I'm at this place, I need to be at this place. And then a half hour after that, I need to be at this place. And all the different things that need to be done, there's this ability rather than to consume, 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 be there, be there, be there, to just be here. And it's beautiful and it's good. And there's new life here. But the question is what's on the other side of this. <laughs> because we all know, and we all hope, I think, that the current reality of what we're experiencing is not going to be forever. That this is just a season, and that there's something else on the other end, on the other side of this. And the reason I think we need to talk about this is because all of us have the tendency to not only just look for what was and miss out on what is, but the huge potential is that once things start to open up and once we have the ability to once again consume and go where we want to go and do what we want to do, which is going to be a good thing, yes, the tendency for all of us is to 
forget and to miss out on what is and to just hit the reset button and go back to what was. A good friend of mine, someone who's a part of CMYK, we've had lots of conversations about this, and he predicts and he says, the reality is we are probably going to have some level of amnesia when it comes to this whole experience. That once things open up, we're just going to hit reset and we're just going to go back to the way things used to be. Now, I understand that. And in some levels, yes, we do need to go back to the way things used to be. But my fear is that we would just push it back at, at the expense of missing out on what we could learn and what we could continue to experience, what the new normal could be for our relationships, for our life, for our work habits, for our consuming habits, these kinds of things, because we just forget what we're experiencing now and go back to what was. That we do not fully grasp the good, true, and beautiful in this moment. That it's just like this blip on the radar and we go back rather than something that truly transforms us, changes us, and leads us into what we would call a more beautiful way forward together. And the reason I'm, I'm pretty passionate about this idea and the reason I want to talk about this over the next couple of weeks is because this is something that I see take place when it comes to Christ and his invitation. That Jesus at an incredibly fundamental level was not about showing up and just trying to get people to continue to live the way that they had always lived, to continue to go about things the way that they'd always go about things. And he was just there to say, good job, go get them and have a good day. And then that was it, that he was just this blip on the radar for the couple years that he was doing ministry on planet Earth. And then he's just gone. But no, at the most foundational level of what Christ was, was an invitation to see and to recognize there was a way that things were going. And here in the midst of the way things are going is an invitation into something new. There's a better way. There's a more beautiful way. So don't miss out on this new thing because you're just always trying to push and go back to what was. In fact, one of the most controversial things about Christ and one of the biggest things that kind of pushed him towards the cross, that his naysayers were working to see this man crucified, was because Jesus was always inviting this new thing rather than what the kind of base power group wanted to see happen. They wanted to see things continue to be the way that they were. And here is this invitation of Christ to say, no, no, there's a better way. Come on, there's a better way. We don't have to do it like it always was before. We don't have to see this like we always saw it before, but we can move forward together and experience this new life. He would say life to the full together if we are willing to see this thing move forward. And I think one of the most fascinating and significant things that Jesus brings when it comes to this idea of an invitation for a more beautiful way forward together is this conversation that he has in the book of Luke with a group of his followers. Luke is reporting that at this point, his follower base is kind of growing and growing and growing, and he's getting more and more followers. He's becoming more and more of an influencer, if you will, at this point. And there's this moment that Jesus chooses to turn and address the crowd in the midst of more and more people following him. And I think it's fascinating and significant in the midst of what's happening. It says, now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So these are pretty strong words. Uh, You know, it's kind of a big deal when you start a talk out like this. But he goes on and he chooses to continue to kind of elaborate on his point. He says, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. 
For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, begin, excuse me, begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. And then he kind of wraps up this thought by saying, or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now, this is incredibly strong language, obviously. If you've interacted with the teachings of Christ or scriptures before, these are concepts potentially that you have experienced before. What's happening behind this moment? I think Jesus is kind of pointing at this reality of there's an invitation here. There's something new coming. But in the midst of what this new thing is, there's got to be a recognition that some of the old needs to go away. Some of what was needs to be able to be set aside. That there's a cost to seeing this new thing take place. People call it the cost of discipleship, the cost of following Christ, that you lay down your life. And here's what I find fascinating in the midst of COVID-19. For many of us, we are experiencing something good and true and beautiful potentially in this moment. It's not all good. It's not all true. It's not all beautiful. Yes, there's some tension and things that are happening. Yes. But in the midst of it, there's something good, true, and beautiful that's taking place. And the tendency is for us to just revert back to what was or to believe that there's something new happening and we want to see this new thing happen for how we go, again, with our work habits, how we go about our consuming and shopping, our relationships and friendships, the way we interact with our kids, the way we take care of our neighbors. It's a beautiful thing. We want to see this thing continue to move forward or to beware of those most in need around us. These are great things. But the tendency is, yes, to revert back to what was or to just continue to add more and more to our lives. That the idea would be that things begin to open up. Things start to kind of go back to the way things used to be. But there's this part of us that says, yes, but I'm going to still do this new way together. I'm still going to have this new work schedule. I'm still going to have this new way of going about consuming and shopping and relationships and these kinds of things. And we just add more and more to our lives. And we never, ever have the conversation or we never, ever look at the reality of, okay, to do this new thing, it's going to mean that I'm going to have to say no to some old things. No to some old ways that I went about my life previously. I've got to be willing, Christ would say, to be able to set aside what was for the sake of what is and for the sake of what could be. Because otherwise, and many of us have experienced it, we find ourselves just adding more and more and more and more to our lives. And before we know it, we are so overwhelmed with so many things and so many relationships and so many expectations that we can't even function on a healthy level as a human being because we're just adding more and more and more and more. And there's this beautiful thing and this good thing and this great thing and this good idea that we need to invest in this and do that and do this and do this. And before we know it, we are exhausted once again. Jesus is inviting a level of pruning that we would see in our lives, 
that we'd be able to see some fruit grow because of it. We say no to this. We count the cost of what this new thing is going to be. And we say, yes, because of what this new thing could be, I'm going to say no to that. For me, I got to be really honest and say, I, I think about this and there's a reality that I love <laughs> Matt Blakesley being seen just for myself. I'm not looking for it from anyone else, but just for myself to be seen and to be known as one of the hardest workers out there, to be the guy that shows up early and stays late and is working late into the night and just giving life his all all the time. But there's a reality that I'm experiencing that there's just not too much work to do <laughs> in the cinema world. And so I'm finding myself not having that identity and image as a part of my life because there just isn't a ton to do. So when things open up and the theater comes back for me, the question is, am I willing to sacrifice, to set aside and to say no to this idea that Matt Blakesley is the hardest worker ever? And that I find my identity in that. And am I willing to set that part of my identity aside and say, okay, maybe I don't work as hard as I used to. I work hard, but I don't find my identity in that to the level that I did. And I'm able to experience a different level of life, this new thing. For me, I spend so much of my time and energy. And it's honestly a little embarrassing to say this, but I've spent so much of myself worried about what other people think and perceive. And I want to be somebody that is always there for people and always coming through for people and always able to help people in certain things. I hate saying no to people all the time. And so I'm always working to say yes on every level. And now all of a sudden, there's this pruning that's happened that there's just not very many requests out there. There's not too many relational interactions or things happening. And so all of a sudden, I'm finding myself in this place where I'm not in the people-pleasing nature that I always find myself to be in. And it's been good and true and beautiful for me in this moment. But I've got to be willing to sacrifice that to experience this new thing in the future. I've got to be willing for people not to like me as much, for me not to be able to say yes to everything that I want to say yes to. That I have to be willing to count the cost and say, if I want to see this new thing, that maybe I need to say no to what was before. I think the question for you and for me tonight is to look at what could be with our lives because we're at a pause. We're at a moment where not much is happening. Yes. But to, as we talked about last week, to paint that picture of what could be and then to ask ourselves the question, what am I willing to say no to? What am I willing to see set aside? Because I believe that what could be is so much better and so much more beautiful. So maybe that's a relationship, a way that you interacted with friends before, that you were always the person that was out every night doing things all the time. You were always busy, always had things going on. And that part of this new life for you would be to take a deep breath and to say, okay, I'm going to be out a couple nights a week. Other than that, I'm going to be home because there's something good and true and beautiful here. I worked at this level and found my identity and success and significance and all the things that I was doing and creating and making. And yes, it was good, but I've learned to take a deep breath and I'm, gonna, I'm willing to see that set aside for the sake of what could be. 
For me, one of the most fascinating things when it comes to this concept is what's taking place with religion, spirituality, and church. Because so much of these things have revolved around people getting together at a building on Sunday, singing some songs, listening to a talk, and then getting in their cars and going home to wherever they're going to. And I find it so fascinating that all of a sudden so much of what church is has been disrupted. And even what CMYK is, in a lot of ways, has been disrupted. And for me, one of the big conversations about this idea of what is the new normal is asking ourselves the question, is there something new here for what CMYK is for me and for you? And I'm not here to paint what that picture is right now. But what I do know is that Jesus showed up at a time when there was a very established religious order of this is how you go about things, this is how you do things. And there was this new life and this invitation that he brought to say, okay, you don't have to interact with God like that, that this, isn't, this is what this is supposed to be about. There was an expectation for what this stuff was, and Jesus shows up and says, hey, there's something new here. Let's not miss out on that. Don't just run back to what was. Jesus did not come to just see different kinds of Jewish services happen at the temple, but he invited a completely different way to go about life and the divine and the way we see ourselves and others and our stuff. And for me, I find it really fascinating that for many of us, that church has become very similar, that it's just this temple, this building, this place that we go to experience God and interact with the divine and these kinds of things. And all along the while, there would be this invitation of Christ to say, hey, there's something new here. There's something that this was always supposed to be about that I've been inviting. And all of a sudden, there's something happening in our culture that churches aren't able to gather in the way that they used to. CMYK is not able to gather in the, used to, in the way they used to. So we're asking ourselves the question, what does my spirituality, what is my faith, what is my belief? system invite me into in this moment because I can't do what I used to do. So what is this new normal and what does it look like on the other end? And so we're going to spend the next couple of weeks talking about what this stuff, this CMYK stuff could look like, what the new normal could be. And I hope to discover it with you, that this isn't just me kind of dictating here, this is what this is going to be about, but that we are willing to go down this path together that we're not just trying to reset and get back to what was, but that we're willing to maybe say no to some things for the sake of experiencing this new life and finding a more beautiful way forward together. The truth of all of this is that it's terrifying. It's terrifying to look into what could be the unknown because we're not quite sure what's coming and we feel anxiety rise up in us. And there's a reason that we want to go back to what was. There's a reason that we want to just cling to the way things used to be because that feels known and that feels comfortable. Whether it's church or relationships or work or how we see ourselves, it's comfortable to just go back to the way things used to be. And it's terrifying to look at the unknown and to wonder, is, is there something there? Should I lean in fully on this or should I just go back to what was? There's this moment that's found... Uh, throughout the Gospels, where Jesus' followers are in a boat in the middle of the night and the storm hits the boat and they become terrified because of the storm. And there's this one interaction that I love where they're alone in the boat, the storm is there and they're terrified. They're not quite sure what's happening. And they see this figure walking on the water. And this freaks them out even more. And I love this story because it's out of this storm, this craziness, this terror, and this fear that the voice of Christ comes 
And he says to his followers, he says, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. That Jesus was found, Christ was found in the midst of the storm. It's why I'm so passionate to talk about this idea of the new normal, because I think in the midst of this storm, Christ is found. And it's in the midst of whatever could be, Christ is found. And we don't just hit reset and go back to what was, but that we are willing to ask the question, what could be? And we are community. You are somebody, whether in Billings, Montana or not, that works to find it for yourself and for the people around you, for your neighborhood, for your family, that we find a more beautiful way forward together. And as terrifying and as unknown as that all feels and seems to be, that we take a deep breath and we hear this divine presence and this divine voice say, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. What do you need to be willing to set aside, to say no to, to begin to redefine what could be? With that, we're going to take a moment and I'm going to ask two things. One, is there a thought, a comment, idea, something you want to throw out there? By all means, throw that in the comment section and I will do my best to just have some sort of reaction or comment on it. The other thing that we're going to do in these next few moments is just collectively, all of us watching this together, to just breathe deep. I'm going to put the Lord's Prayer up and invite you in this moment to understand that there is something good, true, and beautiful here. And there's this divine presence here. And the ground that you currently sit on, stand on, is sacred space. And that there's something sacred about who you are and the people in that room with you. And that we cannot forget that. We cannot forget the significance and the beauty of who the people around you are and who you are. And to hear this voice, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. That this prayer would invite us into that sacred work. Our Father, you are here. Holy, sacred, set apart is your name. God, would your kingdom, your more beautiful way forward come? Would your will, your justice, your hope, your life be done on earth here in this moment as it is in heaven? God, would you give us today everything that we need? That I don't become focused on what I need tomorrow or the day after that, or the day after that, or what this next period of time needs to look like, that I would just be here. Give me today what I need to be the father, to be the friend that I need to be. And God, forgive me as I forgive those who have trespassed against me. That there is this understanding that I am not perfect and I don't have it all together. And I have hurt people intentionally and unintentionally. And I need to recognize that and work towards this reconciliation 
And God, that that would be a big part of who I am today. God, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.